Good morning. I really miss seeing your faces and worshiping with you on Sunday, but I'm thankful for the technology we have at this church so that we can at least worship and pray together and still be a community, and especially on Sundays. Um, today our topic is evil does not win but we can overcome evil with good. And we've been talking about the storms that come into our life. And you know, evil in the world sometimes seems like it's just a huge storm that we can do nothing about. But the Apostle Paul writes something about it that we can do individually. It doesn't seem like a lot, but if every Christian took it seriously, I think it would really change the world. Uh, but the text today that I'm about to read is really a tough one because it goes against our prideful human nature in a world where no one is supposed to get the better of you and where we're always supposed to get the last words. We read the Apostle Paul's words. Listen to them. It's from Romans 12, 14 through 21 that I'm reading. Love must be sincere Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be liking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer and in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low positions. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, in my growing up years, Clint Eastwood was a popular actor. He was the man. Dirty Harry, he played a lot. And you know, Harry didn't take anything from anybody. If you shot him, he shot you and your family, burned your house down and spit on your dog. And I also grew up with three older brothers and their philosophy was, and they let me know it, never start a fight, but don't you ever back down from one. Do not hurt others, but do not let anybody get away with anything or you'll be bullied. Well, you, you can imagine I got beat up a lot as a girl. Our first instinct, I think, when any somebody wrongs us is to wrong them back. Think about it. If you're driving down the road at night 
and the person coming from the opposite directions turns their bright headlights on you, what do you do? Almost automatically, you turn your headlights back on them. You don't even think about it. It's just instinctual. And you give them a taste of their own medicine. You don't, and our philosophy in the world is don't really get mad, just get even. In, a, in our worldly way of thinking, we have the idea that if it's done to us, then automatically allows us to retaliate. It comes so natural. It, and if you have kids living in your house, you see this begin at a young age. Well, like, why did you hit your sister? Because she hit me first. I didn't hit her first, she hit me first. Haven't you all heard that? Because if somebody hits you first, does something awful to you, automatically you have the right to retaliate. And then Paul says in the scripture that I just read, rise above that tit for tat philosophy. Just because somebody does something to you doesn't mean you have to hurt him or her back. Do not repay evil for evil and do not try to get even. You know, as Christians, we probably know this scripture, we read it, have it in a Bible study, and certainly agree with it. But in the situation, often we don't live it out because we do have a powerful lower nature. And it may be something as simple as a little jab we give somebody back when they hurt us, or we just have the last word. And at that moment, it feels right and it feels good but it doesn't build our Christ-like nature. It is natural to do justice when someone has hurt, hurt you, but the scripture tells us we do not have to extract it. We do not have to win. God will win for you at the right time, and if not when you want it, at, in the present time, in the last day, God will win, justice will be done. And it's God's justice, and he will repay, not us. Because when we act like the enemy, he has won, and uh, we don't want that to happen. Once when I was watching Chicago baseball, I watched Andre Dawson ignore the warnings of the umpire, and he ended up paying a huge fine because he wanted to argue with the umpire over strikes, and you're not supposed to do that, and he knew that. But he kept doing it until they threw him out of the game. And he, he was just furious. But he got the last word in anyway, because in the memo line of the check for his fine, he wrote this, donation for the blind. He got the last word in and he was satisfied. Uh, but however, some people carry it even further than Andre Dawson. Uh, uh, they go far out and try to get even with someone who's hurt them. Once when I was conducting a divorce care session, a man named Nick came in. He was a nice young man and he said, I'm an attorney and I work for this huge company and I made six figures, but I found out my wife was cheating with one of my friends and I am furious at her. And what I've done to get even, I hope it works because I had my firm lay me off so I'd not have to pay the huge amount of alimony she was requesting. I went on unemployment and so she got a lot less. And 
he did that, changed his whole career in life to get even, to get revenge on his wife. You know what? But he still hated her with a passion. It didn't really satisfy him. And we've all been around and, and seen bitter people. And that's part of the reason God tells us not to try to get even because he knows the damage it does to us. It doesn't work. If we hold grudges, if we fail to forgive others for what they've done to us, then it hurts us more than it does anyone else. It's like you're carrying around a bucket of acid and that bucket has a hole in it and, and the bottom of the bucket where the acid has eaten and it's spilling out all over you and eroding your personality, your contentment, and especially your spiritual walk with God. That is why Paul says, do not seek revenge. Leave that up to God. You know, when our kids start to fight in the house, and probably plenty of that's going on right now, especially for those who have a house full of kids, uh, we say, don't fight, don't get into that. If you have an issue, come to us and let us help you handle it. And that's exactly what God says to us. Look, you got a problem with somebody, they hurt you, you wanted to have revenge on them, come to me and I'll help you handle it in the right way and give it up. And justice will be mine in the right time. And Paul tells us how we overcome evil in the world. And not by becoming evil ourselves, but by overcoming evil with good. When someone does something hateful to you, pray and find a way to do something good for them. It's not what you want to do, but it has amazing spiritual results. It can be as simple as smiling at them and asking how they are the next time you see them. Uh, in addition to that, you can always pray and give the situation to God. And sometimes it might not soften their heart, but praying for them will certainly soften yours because an action with prayer is always effective. Dr. David, David Jeremiah tells this story. He got a call from the radio station manager of his popular show called Turning Point. And the manager says, David, we're going to take you off the air and replace you with someone else. And uh, David Jeremiah said, why? And the manager says, well, we think this guy will bring more viewers to our radio station. And, uh, and we need that right now. And Dr. Jeremiah knew the person who was replacing him. He didn't really like him very much. And uh, it really hurt him, and he was really mad. He said he muttered, sputtered. He was really angry for days. And then he thought, I'll write a letter to that radio station and I, I, viewers of that radio station. I'll write a letter to viewers of that radio station and tell them exactly what's been done to me. And then they'll just quit listening to that station at all. And God said to him, what are you doing, David? He said he heard that in his spirit, clearly. So he thought about, okay, God, what do you want me to do? It was the middle of the month, and they had canceled the show, so he only owed them for half a month. But 
he wrote a check out for the entire month and sent it to the manager of the radio station. And he said, take the extra two weeks I've paid for and apply it to the count, account of the new speaker and help him get started. The manager said, what? You sure you want to do this? And he said, yes, I want to do that. And so Dr. Jeremiah said, um, he, he took it and, and it was um, amazing to the owner. And so in a couple of months, he called him and said, David, I have a new spot for you on the radio station. Are you interested? And, and uh, David Jeremiah said, yes, of course. And he said the spot that he gave him was even a better spot. And he hit the ball out of, out, out of the ballpark with the new time that was given him. Of course, not every story, not every venture in us, us trying to do good for evil works out this way. I was in a pastoral care uh, position in another place one time and I was chosen to start a new program to create a new program for people that did not belong to a church have a pastor but were asking for a spiritual prayer and help and I was excited about this and I had a, a team and a really good friend and a colleague of mine uh, heard that I had been asked to head up this new venture and she was really angry she wanted it I didn't even know it she felt she deserved it and I didn't and so she gave me the cold shoulder and I tried everything I said well let's do it together let's work together on this how about assisting me no nope, I'm just leaving and I tried everything I can because it was a huge loss for me and it hurt me uh, because I considered her a very good friend but I had to let it do go because I did everything I could and I thought, God, you'll have to handle this. And John Wesley says, do all the good you can in all the ways you can. And sometimes that's exactly what we have to do. And Paul says the same thing. He says, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Because our good deeds do not always have the outcome we desire. I can't make it better no matter what I do. But God is pleased, and I think spiritually we grow when we do those things. Because our purpose as Christians is not to get even with everybody or make everything that is done to us right. We can't. But our, the purpose as Christians is that people see Christ living in us, working in us, and so that they would want to seek him and know him and want to have that, the kind of life they see us living. Imagine the impact it would have if every person, every person who called themselves a Christian went out and did good to all the little evil deeds that were done to them. Um, if somebody cuts you off in the car, of course, you want to retaliate with a hand signal or sounding your horn, but what if you didn't? What if you smiled at them and waved at them? Or in the stores, the lines are so awful, and the cashiers in all these places are at risk for their health and probably uptight and worried, but they need the money. What if you just stopped and thanked them and when, you, when they were, you were paying 
for your bills, your groceries, whatever. Just thank them for being there and serving you instead of complaining as we normally do about the long lines. You get the point. All the situations that happen where we could uh, say something that was not affirming or even maybe evil or get even, if we just did a little good, it would really change our society and the world. Charles Bridges puts it this way, we are the disciples of him who died for his enemies. We are the disciples of him who died for his enemies. Are you a Christian? Then you're a follower, you're a disciple. You walk in the footsteps of the one who died for his enemies, Jesus Christ. In fact, your very salvation is part of his design to overcome the enmity between you and him and bring you home to himself. Paul's call to Christians is to love our enemies and to overcome evil with good based on what Christ did for us. Christ loved his enemies, and in that he overcame evil with good. Not one of us would be a Christian if Christ hadn't loved his enemies. Because the Apostle Paul makes this crystal clear. Listen to Romans 5.10. If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life? Remember Holy Week just a few weeks ago and Christ's trip to Jerusalem, how the scripture says he's set his face like flint, like a rock. He didn't want to do this. To go to the inevitable, God-designed, horrible, glorious events of Holy Week. Uh, three times Jesus had predicted to his disciples, explained it, why he was going to Jerusalem and why he'd come to earth. What was the point of it all? He said it clearly in Matthew 20, 28. The Son of Man came to serve, and give his life as a ransom for enemy, for many. The Son of Man came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This was no ordinary death. We know that. The death of Jesus Christ was a ransom payment made to set people like us free from the power of sin. Christ overcame the evil of our sin with his own death and resurrection. And while we were enemies, apart from God, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. He forgave us. He made us acceptable to God. And he's the only one could do it. If you think about it, the mistake of all the other religions in the world, they are trying to ransom themselves. It cannot be done. Christ overcomes our evil with his good by doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. The perfect divine life has been sacrificed. Because of that, we are now righteous. But in God's eyes, the debt is paid. The title to heaven is clear. And now our moral transformation begins. It doesn't just complete itself immediately. We, too, have to depend on Christ for that. That's his work of transforming us. Because by his Spirit, he comes into us 
and begins to liberate us from our, the evil of our own bad behaviors and attitudes. It takes time for him to change us into Christ-like people, but that is our goal. It's not just a clear call from Christ to imitate him. It's a call to trust Jesus for our own salvation, and then in the hope, strength, joy, and assurance of that salvation, to show it to others by the way we live, to become like him. We will not always do it perfectly. We are becoming more like Christ by seeking him. And when we fail, we try again in his power. This is the way we become more and more like Christ. Right now, especially, we know it because we share in some of the feelings. Many people are frustrated, they're short-tempered, they're angry, they're confused, they're depressed. And it's really a time we, when we can overcome some of the evil in the world, where we can bring Christ's light into the darkness. And even if it's very personal, we don't have to win every time. We know who really wins, and he's on our side. Let's pray. Jesus, we know our own failings. We know how it is so natural to let that basic human nature retaliate, try to get even, settle the score when we've been hurt. But, oh, Christ, we want to become more like you, and we know that your words through the Apostle Paul that when we um, overcome evil with good, we become more like you and our character becomes stronger and we become wiser and we want to change the world because you've called us to do that, to make disciples. And this is one of the ways that we can shine for you and that's what we wanna do. God, give us the strength and the will and the want that we would want to overcome the evil that comes into our life with good. And we know it's only through the power of you living in us, the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. And thank you for the truth that you gave us of how to live and relate to others and how to be fulfilled and whole ourselves. Bless everyone who's listening to this message who's hurting this day, who needs a touch from you. Lift them up by the power of your Holy Spirit because you're in charge and you will work even this evil virus for good. And so we pray all this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.